It's Sunday night in Foley's Pub and Grill on 33rd Street in Midtown. The bar is packed from front to back with people decked out in their lucky game day attire. The man sitting on my left is wearing a black and gold wrestling mask to cover his face and a gold feather boa over his bare painted chest. The woman across from us has her lucky plushies lined up on the table next to her drink, alongside the other memorabilia she's collected over the season that brings her team good luck. The man next to her won't take a sip from his drink during the power play for fear that he'll jinx the team. If this sounds excessive, just know that it's Stanley Cup playoff season, the most important time of the year for hockey fans, the time that puts everyone on edge, everyone hoping their team will be the one to hoist Lord Stanley over their head in June. All eight televisions in the bar are broadcasting the men's game. But earlier today, there was another game on, the women's championship game in Helsinki, Finland. So I ask if anyone knows who played. And I ask if anyone knows who won. It was the U.S. women's national team that took home the gold, but no one seems to know that. When prompted, a few people can tell me that the team won gold last year at the 2018 Winter Olympics in Pyeongchang, but that's the most that anyone seems to know about the sport, despite the fact that since the creation of the Ice Hockey Women's World Championship in 1990, the United States has qualified for the gold medal match every year and has won gold in nine of the last 11 tournaments. It seems unbelievable to think that a team that has had so much success since its creation has little to no recognition with the general public. I mean, maybe not so surprising since women's sports in general aren't widely watched by the public, but even within the hockey community, the women get very little TLC. This doesn't stop at the professional level. Development leagues for young girls or even adults who want to play are hard to find. Young girls often find themselves having to travel far away just to play on a competitive team. I spoke to my friend Zoe, who's a junior at Davenport University in Michigan and who plays center on their women's ice hockey team, about her experience playing hockey and the trouble she had finding girls teams in her area. It was a U19 team, so I was one of the younger girls on it, but it was... It was a lot of fun, but it was really intimidating at first because I was, like, eight playing with a bunch of 19-year-old girls. Really? That was crazy. Like, the age group was, like, completely spanned. It was, like, four eight-year-olds, like, three 16-year-olds, and, like, 10 through 12 in the middle. She told me that the jumbled age group made it difficult to play, and the different ages and skill levels never really meshed well. So, like, you could literally have a seven-year-old that has the skill level of a 19-year-old. Like, that's just how, like, big the skill level gap can be sometimes. She jumped around then, league-wise, even playing on a high school boys team with her brother as a 14-year-old, never really finding a place until she joined the Pittsburgh AAA circuit, which is where she told me she got serious about the sport, about playing for college and recruitment. And now, as a junior and studying medicine with the hopes of going to medical school after she graduates, she doesn't see herself playing professionally after college, mostly because of the lack of opportunity. The NAHL didn't even come into existence until 2015, and her and I were both juniors in high school. By then, she had started to have other dreams for her future. Because even, like, when I was 11, I was like, oh, I want to be in the NHL. But, like, it wasn't clicking to me that, like, it was just an all-men's, like, league. I was like, oh, I'm going to be in the NHL. But I was like, no. Like, no, you're not. <laughs> and <laughs> But women's hockey is so weird because it's so, like, it's such an unknown thing almost. At least when I was growing up. It's starting to get bigger now. But it was so unknown. Like, the college recruiting process was completely, like... It was, it was. It didn't even exist in Youngstown at that point. Like, it was unheard of of a girl playing hockey in Youngstown. So I didn't know anything like the Olympics, like what that was like, the life of like how to train for the Olympics or like how to get recruited. Um, 
for college and by the time I was like 13 or 14 I got invited into like a Lake Placid camp but at the same time I was like it's like too late I didn't go because it was all like developing like 12 13 14 year olds who had had this training their entire life so I was just sitting there like would it even be worth it for me to go at this point because they started so early and we didn't know like in Youngstown Ohio like what it would be like. I spoke with other women, adults who play recreationally in New York, and most of them only started playing as adults because they'd never been given the opportunity to play as children. They decided to try it later in life, only to find out that they loved it more than they could have possibly imagined. You go, so I grew up in the northern part of Japan, so uh, it's a small outdoor rink right next to our school, and then you know, as a kid I used to skate quite a bit. Uh, but then I didn't do any like, competitive stuff. And then finally, when we went to junior high, this one teacher started you know, making a club team. And then so I joined as a, like, you know, everyone's a beginner, but so you start from, you know, ABC. And, uh, but then uh, that's our rink. And right next to it, there's also the same size of rink, but then a high school hockey team was playing. And then there's another oval rink where speed skaters skate. And when I was looking at, like, hockey guys, it looked more fun than, you know, just doing spins and jumps. This is Naoko. I met up with her and a couple of other women who play hockey in the rec league circuit in New York who were gracious enough to talk to me about their experience trying to learn the sport without many resources. One woman told me that... Um, I didn't know there was women's hockey. Which seemed to be the general consensus of most of the women I spoke to. They had trouble finding leagues and other people had trouble believing they were trying to find them at all. When I first time I called them, they 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 thought I was calling for my son or something, so they laughed at me. You you in the play? And yeah, and then, then they said, "Oh, just come along, and then like, let me see how you skate." And then 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 they saw me skating. Oh, okay, you do have a skating background, so yeah, you'll be skating in men's league in three months or so. Okay, and then so I kept going back there, and turns out it was very uh, addictive sport. So Naoko and the others expressed the same issues that Zoe did about how they had to jump around and play in leagues that were far from their home because there wasn't a league for women that they could join, or that when they tried to join the men's leagues, it always came with the same stigma. You know, you get questions like that. It's just like, you know, it's degrading, really. You know, I'm sure like Jana here, who did this clinic here for the for the uh, ladies, could skate circles around most of the men that play here, you know. Yeah. But there's that barrier attitude, women can't do anything, whether it be sports, um, CEO, anything, right? So there's that barrier that, you know, we're all trying to, to, you know, crush. It was cool at first, but then I was like, oh my God, like, like it was just, it was just so stereotypical, almost like, oh, there's a girl on the team, like, she's not going to play well, like, just stuff like that. So it was like, because I was the girl, they were just like, oh, well, she's just a pushover at this point. Like, it doesn't really matter if she's on the ice, but yeah. at the same like, kind of cool to, like, prove to them that, like, you're forced to be reckoned with, too. So it was, like, really good for, like, your own and, like, inspirational purposes, I guess. Everyone who I spoke to emphasized the camaraderie that comes with being on a women's team and how it's different from playing on a men's team. They all look at the friendships they've made along the way as a big reason for why they continue to play, and that's something that they don't always find when they play on the men's teams. Eventually, I realized that, uh... There are many girls in New York City who play hockey and they come to men's league, but they never really have opportunity to play in a women's team. Nyoko was frustrated with this, so she got an idea. She knew that there were sometimes summer leagues in the city, in Chelsea and in Prospect Park, but there wasn't something long-term, and she wondered if she could fix that. So I kind of picked up the idea of what happened in Chelsea in the 
Olympics here like a few years ago that they used to have uh, summer women's league and then I'm like thinking can we not do this more like a regular season in-house league so that people don't have to travel so Naoko called up Prospect Park, who allowed her to reserve some ice time and start a small league there with the hopes that it would grow. They, they initially, they gave me three ice slots, and uh, this is fantastic. I mean, eventually, it became two, and it started with four teams. And, uh, so that's, and then, you know, gradually, you know, people hear about us, and then they, some come from Long Island, some come from New Jersey, and then, so you know, you're, I think you're making kind of community, and then, Becoming a, a little bit bigger, I, I wish it's a little bigger, but uh, um, I think it's going to a good start at least. It was a good start, an amazing start, a foot in the door for growing the game of women's hockey in the city. When talking to Naoko, she brings up multiple times the importance of supporting not just the growing of the game professionally, but also locally and recreationally as well, and that the game can't grow out without first growing in. It's about support for all the leagues around the country and around the world. Her advice for this is to just keep playing, to just keep supporting each other and plant the seeds there in hopes that what will grow out will be a bigger hockey community for women of all skill levels. The thing is, men's league, I mean, we are outnumbered, right? So when you compare with the female players and then men's, you know, male players, we are always outnumbered. So they, they always get full bench and then, you know, we, we, uh, my league has hard time having like a full roster for bench so uh, but I think the way, one way to look at it is, as USA Hockey says it's a grassroots activity so you know once you play I think you, you know too like once you play you know it's how kind of addictive the sport is it's more fun to play than actually watch but then if you play you want to support other players as well this goes with a like, kids program or women's hockey, or sled hockey, blind hockey, you name it. Like, there's a lot of hockey going on, but you know, once you get involved in it, then uh, you, you start to support each other. I, you know, I think that's, that's what it is. So you, know, you have to start somewhere some, sometime. <laughs> you may have heard on the news, or you may not have, considering I barely saw coverage on it, and I'm plugged into women's hockey news on the internet, but the CWHL announced in March that they will cease operations after May 1st. When I heard the news, I was shocked because the CWHL is the highest level at which women play hockey in Canada, and half of the top players in North America play in its league, while the other half play in the NWHL in the United States. They cited financial difficulties as the reason for the collapse, and that their business model just wasn't economically feasible anymore, which is even more crazy when you know that the women who play in the league only started getting paid in 2017, and even then their stipend only ranged from 2000 to 10000 a year, not even enough to call it a salary or to make playing hockey their full-time job. These are professional athletes, Olympians, and gold medal winning players among them who get paid less to play their sport than I made in a year at my part-time ice cream scooping job. This leaves almost 150 players without teams. Some, the most talented, will come and play in the NWHL. But where does that leave the ones who aren't good enough to make the jump? Or the girls here that will get left on the cutting room floor to accommodate for the new players? There are a lot of chips up in the air right now regarding the status of professional women's ice hockey in North America and how they'll move forward. The NWHL has announced that they are currently trying to expand the league, hopefully into Canada, to allow more players the opportunity. 
On May 2nd, however, more than 200 players from the CWHL and the NWHL, Canadian and American alike, announced that they were boycotting the upcoming season in effort to put pressure on the league to create better working conditions and also apply pressure to the NHL to fully back a unified women's professional league. They made their announcement online with the social media hashtag for the game and included a statement that ended with, we may have represented different times, leagues, countries, but this sport is one family. This is the moment we've been waiting for. Our moment to come together and say we deserve more. And they're right. They do deserve more. They deserve more as professional athletes. Naoko and the women who play for fun in New York deserve more. And 12-year-old Zoe and the other little girls fighting for a spot on the boys' team deserve more. And they deserve it now. Change is going to be slow. It always is. But it starts with everyone stepping up to the plate to do their part. It's important that women and girls are given the same opportunities as the men and boys to play this sport, from the ground up and every level in between, in professional settings, or just to play for fun with other women who want to do the same. It starts now, with its ambassadors doing their part for the women and girls of the future, to make sure that everyone has the opportunity to light the lamp. Olympic women's hockey go to the women of Team U.